0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. I am sitting here in my office in Los Angeles, California, and we want to hear from you. I'm here. I'm here for you. And, you know, once again, the giveaway is when you call in and ask us a question here on Pet Life Radio, and I'm giving you the numbers and the ways to get a hold of me in just a minute, we will send you out a free ProSense pet product, of course, ProSense, being our show sponsor. And um, we want you to have some great product that typically you would only find at your veterinarian. However, with ProSense, we're giving you that veterinary quality product that you can find at your mass retailers like your local Walmart or your Target or your Walgreens because we want to give you the best that you can buy and make it very easy, convenient, and inexpensive for you to get. So to get a hold of us, you can reach me here at 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. We want to hear from you. You can also send me a uh, quick email to drjeff, drjeff, at petliferadio.com because we're let's talk in pets. We are talking pets here at Pet Life Radio. So, anyway, it's you know, I'm sure you've heard the expression that bad things happen in threes. Well, unfortunately, yeah, this week was the case of that. If you recall, we talked about a week and a half, 2 weeks ago, about Lola, Lola, was that Australian shepherd that had that humongous splenic mass. That, of course, turned out to be a splenic tumor, unfortunately. The dog is doing great. She's totally healed from her surgery. And unfortunately, it's kind of one of those things with a splenic tumor that came back, as we call hemangiosarcoma, that the heart of that is now removed. That was the, the bad spleen. But we're just waiting. Even though right now the liver look good and the intestines look good and the lungs look good, unfortunately, we know that splenic hemangiosarcomas do spread. And it's just a matter of time. Uh, unfortunately, I can't predict when. I always joke when people ask me, you know, when or how this is going to happen, and when should I prepare? And I tell them, well, the truth is, my crystal ball is in the shop, so it's uh, it's to your guess is as good as mine. But usually, these things will happen within a short of two, three months. And one of the longest I've ever had was twelve months after surgery, which was unbelievable. Since it was an old dog, it almost didn't affect her overall life. Well, anyway, as that Murphy's law would have it. Two more cases came in, not Not only this week, the same day, the exact same day. Two splenic tumors, well, splenic masses, I should say. One, unfortunately, was a tumor and already had spread to the liver. Uh, the liver masses were not bleeding, so we completed the surgery. We removed the spleen. We sewed him up, and he is home with mom and dad right now. And as I told them, enjoy every minute of every day because once These splenic lesions start to open up. They start to rupture and they start to bleed. There's not a lot that can be done. So um, that's uh, my my buddy Buckley. And Buckley is just a great... Magnificent American Bulldog. Those of you who don't know, American Bulldogs are are the big ones. People mistake them for Mastiffs sometimes. For like a, they almost look like a Pitbull Mastiff Boxer type cross. Very very large dogs, big heads, but sweet as can be. The Bulldog personality. So you got the Frenchies, which are little guys. Then you got the English, which are pretty big themselves. I've said some English bulls that you know pushing the scales at over 70 pounds. And then you got the American bulls, which easily can tip the scales at over 100. And then same day. A Queensland red healer, uh, the official name is an Australian cattle dog, comes in the office, evidence of a little bloated belly. We put the ultrasound probe on. We pull some blood, take an x-ray, see the ultrasound. Sure enough, splenic mass, same surgery. But this one was interesting. This one was in worse shape going into surgery. But the mass itself was literally the spleen was disintegrating in our hands as we were moving it. So there was much more blood and discharged through the procedure. The dog was sicker going into than Buckley was, but I think the prognosis of this one's gonna be better because when we see that, we often get a diagnosis of a splenic hematoma or a splenic hemangioma, and both of those are benign problems. Meaning, now that we took the spleen out, and if it does come back, either hemangioma or or, um, uh, hematoma, she is cured, 100% cured, and that is fantastic. So um, anyway, early on in the show when we were just kind of setting up, this is great, by the way, because this means that people are listening. You are listening. You are getting up the courage to uh, ask questions, and we got a call from Nelson. I'm just going to prep you because we picked up the, uh, the call in the middle. In fact, I think we can have you listen to some of this call. But Nelson called about his puppy female pit bull, four months old, and already – chewing and biting and of course adopting a new pit bull and we're so thrilled that nelson went out and adopted a pit bull he was concerned and i of course i don't blame him and i think the uh was social media and the media in general you start talking pit bull and everybody's like oh my god oh my god you know this poor dog he's you can take him to the shelter and put him to sleep and i i said right away i said you know if this were almost any other breed at four months old exhibiting these same signs he would not think twice But unfortunately, because of the bad press that pit bulls get, he is so concerned. So we talked about the biting problem, the chewing problem. And I think I've mentioned this before, that biting is a normal, natural, essential puppy behavior. Puppies play all the time. They play bite all the time. They learn some bite inhibition. They learn how hard they have to. So anyway, you know what? Why don't we kind of have you listen in on the call and you can get all the good information because uh, we had a very, very detailed conversation, me and Nelson, about his puppy. Come on, listen in. If you had two litter mates playing, and in Mm -hmm. play, in play, not being mean one iota, in play, puppy A bites puppy B a little too hard, okay? Mm -hmm. What would puppy Mm -hmm. B's first response be? Well, probably to yelp. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you're going to do. You're going to yelp. You're going to give a scream like, ow! And most likely, most likely, your pup will back off. This is actually how they learn from a very early, early age what we call bite inhibition. And that is how soft or how hard do I can or can I get away with biting before my playmate objects? Right. Okay. Now, okay. now if that doesn't work, and you try that a few times, and you can have to do things. You can do like what you do with kids. Give her a time out. Mm-hmm. You put her aside. And right. Say, you know, honey, you're not playing fair. I'm putting you over here. Now, if puppy A is now playing with mom – and bites mm-hmm. mom a little too hard. What's mom's mm-hmm. reaction going to be? Mom is going to chastise. Absolutely. More than just mom just yelping. Or exactly. Crying. Mom is going to give that little puppy a growl that this puppy has probably only heard before when it was a little teeny puppy with mom. Mm-hmm. And you give a good deep, and I go ah, like you're a kid, you know, mimicking a lion roar. And you look him straight okay. in the eye. You look her straight in the eye, and you give that deep, guttural growl and you're holding her jowls, so you're forcing her to look you in the eye, and you give that Mm -hmm. deep growl and hold that freeze for a second, and what you're probably going to see is because she can't move her head because you got her by the jowls and you're forcing her to Mm -hmm. face you, she'll turn away from you with her eyes. And that's how you know you've successfully got her. Now, when a puppy gets yelled at and they feel Mm -hmm. afraid and they feel awful Mm -hmm. because they were just reprimanded, what they want now more than anything from mom is effective. Yeah. So okay. after you have that uncomfortable freeze, you're staring her down, she's looking away from you, kind of wait about a minute or two and then you can give her that oh, okay, you be a good girl now, etc.
1: Okay. All right?
0: Okay. You, All know, right? So that, you know a lot of the things you that you're saying I am doing and good. it makes me feel good because these are the things that I'm doing already, but I just didn't know if I'm actually going about it the right way. Yeah, now, I feel it is, but I just right. know. not Now, one thing, before we get on to chewing, puppy chewing, let's finish one thing. <laughs> do not ever, mm-hmm. even though the inclination might be there and even though the fear might be there because you're you know raising a puppy pit bull, do not smack the dog because you will end up okay. with more problems later on from that than from the other behaviors we talked. They don't know what a smack is. Mom has never raised a paw, unless you're dealing with a boxer mm-hmm. in, their, in play, and whacked right. the puppy across the face or on the head. So that's okay. how we start, sort of uh, developing problems in dogs where they, we call being head shy. So that you know, they right away they okay. you, they see a, a hand raise and they, or they see a, you know, I, I've seen dogs. They want strike out. Oh yeah, I, I've seen dogs. I, they're in my exam room, and I have some papers mm-hmm. on my desk on my on the exam table, and I pick the papers up to move them to another side so I can have more room space for the dog, mm-hmm. and I see the dog cower. So what does that tell right. me? That tells me that somewhere along the line, this poor dog was actually smacked with probably a rolled-up newspaper rolled-up magazine. Okay. And you can see, I tell you something? I've heard from other dog owners that that's the way they chastise their dogs by not, you know, having I, a roll of newspaper. Totally inappropriate. You should never, ever okay. hit your dog. It's only going to backfire. It's only going to backfire. Okay. Now, let's okay. talk chewing. Chewing is also a normal, natural, essential behavior. So what you need to do is never say no. No is the most overused word when we're training our puppies. Because most of the behaviors – I'd say that more. <laughs> I know. I'm always like no, no, no and that's the problem. Don't do that no. Most of these behaviors, if you really evaluate the behavior, they're normal, natural <laughs> behaviors. We just have to direct them to an appropriate object, or in the case of bathroom mistakes, to an appropriate location. But you can't say no to a dog who's got to pee, right? Right. You can't say no to mm-hmm. a puppy who wants to chew. So what you do is you right. clap your hands, give a whistle, just divert their attention, Come, go over to them, kind of comfortably, casually remove the inappropriate object out of their way and immediately give mm-hmm. them their appropriate chew toy. You put it in their mouth if okay. you have to and say, oh, oh, my God, you're such a good girl, and give her a pat on the head and a little kiss. And so she'll start learning because dogs okay. learn, as children do. From positive reward. We want that positive reinforcement, and you give them the object Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be chewing on, and they chew on it, and they get a praise, they get a pat on the head, they get a kiss, they get a little dog treat, and life is grand. Mm -hmm. And then what they're going to do is they're going to start looking more for those objects. And now that you know that she is going to behave like a puppy, you need to puppy proof Mm -hmm. your home, and that is everything that you see that is even remotely possible that she can get a hold of that you don't want her to remove it or remove Remove her. Okay. Okay. You got it? Yes, sir. I got it. All right, Nelson. Give those things a try. And then why don't you call us back in a couple of weeks and give us an update. Let us know how she's doing. I certainly shall. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You take care. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye-bye. So as you can tell, you know, this is a normal problem that Nelson was having. I don't want people to freak out because they have those... Dogs, whether it's the pit bull or the Akita or the Doberman or the the Rottweiler or the German Shepherd dog, I mean, understand these are puppies. There are certain innate behaviors that we see in our puppies, and you know, the vast majority of these, the vast majority of these, will do just fine. It's just normal behavior. And what we need as we train our puppies, we try to teach them to behave well. It's a function of socializing them properly. It's a matter of being consistent with your messages. It's a matter of being consistent with your correction and learning how to correct properly. And that most of the things that you are just dying, that reflex of yours is to scream out, puppy, no, there are not no's. There are some no's out there, but most of the things that you're going to have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, on a regular basis are behaviors that are essential, they're natural, they're normal. Unfortunately, because we have a, a crazy puppy, they're just a little bit misdirected. We need to direct them, again, to the appropriate object in the case of chewing, to how to bite properly, how to learn bite inhibition in the case of biting, learn what it's like to have a time out and not to get you. Remember, puppies are social. They want you more than anything. So when they start exhibiting behaviors – That separates, that creates a separation because you put them away, you put them back in their crate or you put them back in their playpen, they're going to think to themselves, hmm, I don't want to do that one again. And conversely, when you praise them for the appropriate behavior, when they come over to you and they let you pet and they play and they'll, they might mouth you a little bit, but they don't ever bite down or that you, you happen to walk in the room and they're chewing on their appropriate chew toy. Don't ignore that behavior. That behavior deserves a major praise. You run up to them, good boy, oh, you're such a good boy and your toy and give him a treat and give him a hug. And that's how we create this amazing bond, not only between us and our pets, but between our pets back to us. Anyway, we're about that halfway point. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, hear from a few of our sponsors. So don't move. And if those of you listening and haven't yet had the courage to give us a call, give us a call, 877-385-8882. You're here with Dr. Jeff Werber, and we'll be back in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Your dog digs a hole under your fence, and the next thing you know... Protect your pets with Dig Defense, the amazing new product that keeps your pets in the yard. Dig Defense is safe, fast, and easy. Each unit is made from 4-gauge galvanized American steel and can be used for repairing digouts, filling gaps, or to hold fences down so pets can't get under them. Dig Defense provides peace of mind that your pets are contained humanely and safely. Visit digdefense.com today. D-I-G-D-E-F-E-N-C-E.com. Welcome to Bird's Eye View on Pet Life Radio. I am Dr. Lori Hess here with Dr. Michelle Ravish, and we are both bird and exotic animal veterinarians. We work at the Veterinary Center for Birds and Exotics, an all bird and exotic pet hospital in Bedford Hills, New York. And this is a show all about birds. It's a bird's eye view, and we hope you'll tune in soon. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio, Pet Life Radio, Pet Life Radio. .com. So, welcome back. You're here with Doctor Jeff Werber. And you we are on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We are, I guess, one of the only—if if not the only—call-in show, live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio. And we want to show all our other listeners that it's great to have a call-in show. So we want you to call in. Pick up that phone, dial 877 If you happen to be sitting at your computer, just key in Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. If you're following us on Skype, you might even be able to, which I think you can do, but um, you can send us a little message. I got my Skype screen up and uh, here on PetLife Radio and listen in and join in. And Remember, if you get that courage up to ask a question, send me an email, send me a text, whatever it is, we will get your info and send you out a free ProSense Pet. Product, So uh, I'm also, you know, as we're sitting here, we're already started August, which it's amazing how sometimes some parts of the year go so slowly and summertime goes so fast. I was actually driving to work this morning and it's crazy, but the Los Angeles City Schools actually are back at school this week and to already see here it is the middle of august back in my day we didn't start until usually after labor day always after labor day and sometimes even later in september the september 15th september 19th they're starting a full month ahead i think they're going to start getting out a full month ahead Uh, in fact i always used to envy when i was in college i went to uh university of california at berkeley and uh back then and still is most of the uc's are on the quarter system. Now, the quarter system, unlike semester system, when you're in semester, you have two 15-week semesters, and you could also have an option of a summer semester. But the quarter is three 10-week quarters. So you still got the 30 weeks. What a drag. But... I mean, with the quarter system, I don't think after the first week, you're going to have a midterm or finals every single week, it seems like. And, oh, my God, it is so disappointing. And also because the way the vacation setups are set up, we wouldn't get out of school until like June 15th or 18th, even when I graduated vet school. And I was at University of California at Davis on the quarter system. I remember our graduation was like June 19th. How crazy. And all my friends that were going to schools on the semester system, they were getting out by Memorial Day. By the end of May, they were already out of school, done with finals, done with everything. That wasn't fair. Now, truly, they did start a little before we did, but uh, even still. But I'm curious to know how your summers are going. I want to know if you had any problem with overheating, if you had any problem or seen anyone driving a car and leaving a dog or a pet parked in a car. We want to know about We want to talk about sort of still some summer issues. Uh, in many places, I know for a fact that it stays very hot through September. So just because September 21st is the beginning of quote-unquote the you know, autumn season, fall season, doesn't mean that we need to start easing up on some of the restrictions, and um, my dogs are still out there and, and enjoying the uh, the hot weather. And even we've had actually unseasonably cooler weather here, and we've been through a string of several days where it's been. Oh, so, you know, in the, you know, you're, people are going to complain or what is he complaining about that Werber? But they were in like the mid 80s going up to the high 80s. But remember here in California, at least in L.A. at night, because we're close to the ocean, it really we get that cool ocean breeze and it chills out a little bit. I mean, there are some people I'm not one of them, but there are a lot of people that at night will start wearing a sweater here in L.A. To me, I still like the uh, the cool breeze, but we want to hear how things have been going for you. And, uh, and what we can do, and as we're getting closer, we're hitting fall. I mean, it's around the corner. I just got a call from a TV show in New York that wants me to come out in October. So we're kind of throwing some ideas around. And I realized, oh, my God, October. You know, we just finished talking about summer tips and things we can do to help our pets during the summer. And by October, we, we got to start thinking of holidays. We got to start thinking about Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas, New Year and Hanukkah. And all these holidays were potentially problems for our pets and what we need to do to keep our pets safe during the holidays what we need to do to start preparing for winter as i call winterizing your pets so uh, we have a lot to look forward to in the uh, coming weeks ahead as we start talking about these things and preparing accordingly so but it's something that we definitely uh, you know want to hear from you you know one of the things that, that i'm hearing a lot about and I, I don't know if we had a chance to talk about it on the show yet but there uh, have been two pieces on the news lately because you know it's funny how people get such a kick out of things like this. And the subject matter is plastic surgery for pets. And, you know, of course, when a vet who works in the Hollywood area starts talking about plastic surgery, I can hear you listeners going, oh, really? Like, come on, plastic surgery for a dog? But understand a few things. Yes, we do a lot of plastic or cosmetic surgery. But understand, I I don't like to use the word cosmetic because you have that notion of, you know, the Beverly Hills housewife who visits the plastic surgeon more than her kid's school. But we like to call it reconstructive surgery because when, you know, when you're dealing with plastics, there's always a battle, especially in human medicine, between what we call form and function. Form is how you look, and function is how well you work. Right? How many times when you were, in, think back in high school days, and you saw someone that had the bandage over their nose, they clearly had a nose job, right? And what do they tell you? Everybody, everybody hands down, they're going to say, oh, no, no, I had a deviated septum and I couldn't breathe. So so it was just to fix a deviated septum and, and, and to take about four inches of hook off your nose too. But we don't count that. It was just a deviated septum. All right. Or people that get their eyelids done and they complain, well, the upper eyelid was so droopy. But we know that when it comes to humans and plastic surgery, most are doing it for form, even at the expense of function. They are willing to give up And sacrifice function so they can look differently, look better, whatever. And I'm sure if you've seen some of these people walking around in these TV shows, better is – I use that term very loosely because in my book, they look horrendous. But with animals, we're doing it purely for function. And certain problems like skinfold pyodermas, which are infections deep within skin folds, entropion or ectropion, which are eyelid problems. Ectropion, for example, in a bloodhound, where the eyelids are so droopy that the conjunctiva is completely exposed and prone to infection. Or in the case of a Chow Chow or a sharpe or a Rottweiler, the eyelids are actually rolling inward. We call it entropion. And the eyelids... And rubbing against the eyeball, and the hair from the lids are rubbing along the eyeball, causing major pain, major infection, major irritation. We need to fix that. We see in certain dogs that we talked about earlier about the English Bulldog, English Bulldog with their cleft palate and their split lips. We need to fix those. So, there are dogs that, that are extremely overweight and might even have skin sagging and rubbing on the ground. We need to fix these. So, our concept when it comes to doing surgery. Plastic surgery for animals is we need to repair these defects because these defects are causing problems. It's not so they're going to look better. I mean, look, let's face it. You fix a dog's eyes and the dogs are always eyes and running and drooping and inward and, and there's discharge. You fix it, then of course, you're going to end up seeing a, um, a better looking dog, if you will. But that's not a motivation. And another reason, another thing that we do often is dentistry. And again, with dentistry, we are doing some orthodontic procedures where we are straightening teeth. I shouldn't say we because usually this is done by a veterinary dentist. But implants and braces are being used in dogs not because they're smiling for the camera, not because they have that big uh, interview or that audition. It's, but It's because they can't chew well. They can't eat well. The teeth are getting in the way. They can't close their mouths properly. And we need to fix these dogs so they can lead a normal life. And that, again, is the reason why we take this so seriously and do so much plastic surgery. So I did a piece that's actually on YouTube, and it's called the uh, Hollywood Pampered Pets. And uh, you can probably YouTube it and, and stick, uh, do a search. But we did a very, very kind of you know, tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. But it was really cute about doing plastic surgery in pets. And um, – and again, I think we may have mentioned – I don't know if those of you or many of you had a chance to catch that article in The Hollywood Reporter. You can go to HollywoodReporter.com and um, just search uh, Jeff Werber or Dr. Jeff Werber and you can see a little bit of uh, some piece that we did on celebrity pets and that, that was pretty cool and here's a picture or they have me um, with one of my celebrity clients Judy Greer. and it was a nice article it was a nice article not too uh, not too obnoxious I try we try not to be too obnoxious so um, anyway uh, it's been very quiet guys I am really surprised that with all these opportunity for hundred percent free advice not only free but you actually get something in exchange so you get to call in and not only do you not have to pay. You get a gift from us here at Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio, a ProSense pet product. So there really is no excuse tonight. Pick up the phone, dial 877 385 8882. Ask your questions, don't be shy. Or you can send me, of course, a, uh, a text or an email. Uh, the email is drjeff, Dr. Jeff, at petliferadio.com dot com and you know what we'd also like to do and i and i think there's a great place why don't you to dr jeff at petliferadio.com why don't you send us some pictures of your pets would love to see what your pets look like we, we can post them on the website here at pet life radio and it would be really cute so we can sort of get to know you better and get to know your pets better and see what's making you tick i know what makes me tick because i have 11 pets at home and um I mean, they are really, really cute. And if you go on to, if you go to Facebook at all, if you can go to Dr. Jeff Werber, you can see some of my pets because I've, you know, I have different pictures of my pets. And I'm actually going to be posting another shot pretty soon. I have a great shot of all five of my dogs, and they look amazing. It's almost like they were posing for the camera. So it's really cute. So uh, I want you to, um, have a chance. Why don't you send us some pictures? Just send them to me. Attach them and send them to Dr. Jeff at petliferadio.com or you can send them to Dr. Jeff at drjeff.com. That's drjeff at drjeff.com. No periods except, of course, for the dot com. So anyway, I want to uh, thank you all for uh, joining me this uh, very fast-moving half hour here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Uh, we will be back here next week. I expect to have a mailbox full of questions with your names, pictures of your pets, and a place that we can send your free product to. So until then, I want to thank ProSense, our sponsors, and we look forward to having you join us again next week here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Signing off, I'm Dr. Jeff Werner. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.